the Comedy Zone podcast is a member of the Queen City Podcast Network, powered by Ortho Carolina. Now offering video visits so you can take control of your orthopedic care from the comfort of your home. Schedule online at orthocarolina.com. Ortho Carolina, you improved. From Charlotte, North Carolina, this is the Comedy Zone Podcast. Find us on Twitter at the CZ Podcast. Email us at ComedyZonePodcast at gmail.com. Now, your host, Jason Allen King. Welcome, everybody, to the Comedy Zone podcast for the week of July 15th. I'm your host, Jason Allen King. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, we have a fun show for you guys again this week uh, because we're coming to you from everywhere, from Charlotte and Atlanta and I think Raleigh or Greensboro. I, I can't even keep track of it. What a fascinating modern age we live in. I am uh, I'm currently in Atlanta doing a couple shows, uh, hitting some rooms some clubs, doing some networking, all that kind of good stuff. But before we get into that, uh, you know him and you love him. He's the man behind the curtain, Mr. Brian Baltashevitz. How are you, buddy? Jason, my entire summer has been thrown into disarray. <laughs> wow. I had, We're going ahead first. All right. What's going on? Buddy? I, had, I had everything under control. Everything. The summer was going to be great. We were going to kind of coast a little bit. And then uh, my landlord sold the house we're living in. Okay. So, so we have to... So you're, you're homeless is what you're telling. <laughs> we have, to, yeah, well, we're going to be homeless in about a month. Yeah, so we've got about a month. And in this market, that is no easy feat. We're learning. Oh, Lord. To fight, yeah. So we, it's, we uh, wish me luck. And break his legs or something? What do we do? <laughs> no, you know, I mean, it, it's, I don't blame them. They got way over market, you know, way over what this house should have gone for. Yeah. You know, I don't blame them, but I swore when we moved here 11 years ago, I swore that we would never move again. And now here we are 11 years later moving wow. again. And wow, God damn it. That's, that's, yeah. Don't get too comfortable <laughs> out there, everybody. Don't get too comfortable because now that's yeah. Holy shit. I, that, it, to be thrown into that. That sucks, man. That's, yeah, it's uh, you know, it's uh, it hasn't been fun yet. I'm <laughs> I'm waiting for the fun to start. I think the trick is just not knowing what I mean. Like literally, we've gotten to like the beginning of September to get out. This is crazy. Which you would think would be plenty of time, but I think a lot of a lot of when yeah. the renters are getting put out of their houses because their landlords are selling their houses because people are you know are buying houses for a hundred thousand dollars over market value yeah, right. and wow. everyone's cashing in. So yeah, yeah. yeah. So if my you know if you find my wife and me and my cat on your doorstep uh, in about a month, yeah, I I got a spare um, room, buddy. I got it. It's got your name right now. I'm going to run. The whole family I'm, in there. It'll be fine. We have, we've recorded this conversation, so be careful. <laughs> yeah. what well, to. it's going to be cramped, but uh, we'll love to have you. Man, that, that, that is uh, tough news. Uh, sorry to hear that, buddy. Just thank Yeah, you. that's, you know, I mean, I don't blame him, but man, it's, uh, yeah. Man, that's, so, we were just getting, you were just getting too comfortable, man. Yeah, that's got to be it. We were just getting settled in after 11 years. And yeah. (laughs) So we will, I'll keep you updated throughout the summer about the process. But yeah, hold on tight. This drama, we are going to follow this very closely. (laughs) Uh, We're going to give it a name and it's going to be part of the segment of the show. (laughs) Good grief. No, I just wanted to yeah. talk about comedy. This guy's life's upside down. All right. Well, let me try to get back. Yeah, so I'm in, I'm in Atlanta with uh, a friend of the podcast, Jonathan Williams, also from Preacher's Kids, and Kevin Delgado is here. And we've been running around hitting a bunch of different rooms and clubs and doing some networking. It's awesome. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, you know, I don't know. Have you ever? Do you come to Atlanta ever, uh, Brian, or no? I, the last time I was in Atlanta was a couple years ago, and I, I caught Todd Riley was middling at the at the uh, punchline, okay. so I caught his show while I was in Atlanta for business. And yeah, it's it, it's a it's actually a, a deceptively good comedy town. I thought it, it was yeah. really uh, oh, yeah. it was cool. I've been kind of knocked yeah. out. And uh, our our guest uh, this week uh, is actually going to be coming to Atlanta, so this is a perfect time to to uh, what while uh-huh. we have more time, let's get him uh, get him in here. Our next guest, I'm super excited that he's here. There are some people who are just destined to be comedians where it just makes sense. Uh, you're like, well, what, what would they do? So clearly they're, they're a comedian. That's uh, this guy. He started doing stand-up when he was in high school. And the first time I saw him, probably going to get the festival name wrong, but I think it was the North Carolina Comedy Festival when it was in Raleigh. And he, uh, he knocked me out. I was literally like, wait a second, who is this guy? Uh, and since then, I've seen him over and over and over again just kill rooms and kill people. Uh, he's smart. He's a, 
His writing is sharp and he's powerful on stage. Uh, he's becoming a monster in the game. He really is. He's opens for comics like Todd Glass, Tim Dillon, Big J Okerson. He's appeared on uh, Sirius XM. He's currently on tour uh, with another friend of the podcast, Jer- Jeremy Alder, on the Good Sinner, Bad Saint tour. Uh, they're going to be dropping in in Austin, San Antonio, Raleigh, Greensboro, like I said, Atlanta. He also has a podcast called Fuck You, Dad, uh, that he's going to talk to us about because I can't wait to hear more about that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the podcast, Kenyon Adamchik. Hey, everybody. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. Real dark start to the pod. I really didn't know where it's just like, hey, I'm... <laughs> so you're being evicted. Anyway, Kenyon's funny. We should listen to him. <laughs> like it was, I was like, geez, should we? <laughs> podcast aside, let's help this man. Yeah, He's but... losing his hope. What's not you like, fuck where I'm going. Where are you going? I'm going to San Antonio, but where are you going, man? You want to do an alleyway? It's like... <laughs> Yeah. Help this pretty much. You're listening. There's, there's a cat involved, which really got <laughs> yeah. me concerned. A month like, is no time. Right? Well, I had to move during COVID, and a month is not shit for a house. By the way, it's a it's pretty not, major yeah. decision, you know? Yeah. God. Yeah, he's, 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 he's rushing it off. Meanwhile, his yeah, he's like, yeah, I just got like 30 days, just just a single tear running down his cheek. I was like, that's, <laughs> I promised my wife I'd never lose again, move again, but you know, whatever. That's just life, right? You never get what you want. Not ever. It's like, God. Like, we planted right. trees, man. There are, there's a yeah, lot of lives. Yeah. <laughs> my dog's buried in the backyard. Uh, that's a real fucking. <laughs> this is like, I was going to retire here, but. God, well, some, no, like, she's coming with us. The dog in the neck. That is, that is some dark <laughs> shit. <laughs> dog's coming with us. We're going to dig her up. We're going to put her wherever. Yeah, no. <laughs> put, uh, yeah, put, uh, put on the front lawn for whoever brought that house. God damn it. <laughs> Two people out. Uh, when they even see it? Did they let you know about that? Or did you see someone like looking through your front window and then next day they're like, hey, you're out. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, hey, you're fucking um, gone. No, they gave us, uh, you know, they told us that, uh, you know, they were going to sell it. And then they sold it to this company that oh, comes in and buys houses. So they never had to list it. They just talked to this uh, realty company they came in and took a look around the house and then like the next day they had an offer so it was Damn. Is that it was like you know, hey we're gonna sell the uh yeah i'm not gonna say the name of the company but (laughs) i heard there was a company that that was buying up a lot of houses and it it was not it seems a little sketchy it is like (laughs) exxon mobile brought my house over and you're like what yeah it's it was probably 48 hours from the time that they said hey hey we're gonna sell the house to the time they had an offer no so yeah it was it was a it was a yeah a brief amount of time so we're like well okay okay and we had a pretty good attitude about it until kenyon started talking about it now i'm i'm, I'm a little freaked out it's a heavy, it's a heavy <laughs> thing man you're like well, i just kind of love this place thought i'd you know, give right. it to my kids and you're like i got 30 days i try to put on a strong face for the family but i'm gonna be honest i'm afraid i'm afraid <laughs> i mean it's like the you see people who are like at those mo you know like long residency at the motel six you're like Who's doing that? Apparently, it's fucking you. Like that's that's yeah. how you go there. Yeah, apparently. Like, that's, that, that's how that happens. Uh, you know? Well, they leave the light on for you, Kenny. They do. So yeah, that's, I that's, mean, got that, that should be like the Motel Six nice. slogan: "It's just a man softly crying, going, it's not going to be forever, <laughs> like to his kid." <laughs> I promise you, we'll be out next week. Like just, yeah, it's his wife's sobs. Motel Six. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good lord. Right. Well, we'll be rooting for you. Like I said, we're going to keep track of this. We're going to right. Gonna That's a, that'll be a fun segment. It's like, where does he live now? And he's like remoting in <laughs> from under a highway. Parked in front of a we at the yeah, office. You know, like, I got, well, to the computers at the office. That's right. right. He's like, I, you have to fight Sticky Dan for a good spot, but under the highway, man. I'm going to tell you, you're protected from the rain. It's good. <laughs> you know. Oh, got to hang your food because of all the rats. All right. Right. Kidding. You're awesome, man. And you mentioned the pandemic, right? So. So, you know, I'm still in the place where I'm asking comics, like, what did you do? You were in Chicago, right? I was actually here for uh, half the pandemic. To, yeah. My grandfather passed away right at the start, not from COVID, just get old. Cancer. Yeah. And, uh, and so, yeah, it sucked. But uh, so I was here with my family for like half of it. And then I was back in Chicago with my girlfriend at the time. But I didn't do a lot of stand up, really. I don't know. I was kind of sketched out by it. I was around a lot of older people. So I just I wasn't really going up. I just kind of was podcasting. Yeah. I was I had a job. Thankfully, I was working from home. I was drinking like I had a vengeance against my liver. And um, yeah, that was <laughs> a lot of quarantine. I just I, I, I binge watched like seven shows. 
and yeah. uh, gained a shitload of weight and, um, you know, convinced myself I was being productive because I would do Duolingo twice a week. So stuff like that. <laughs> you know? Wow. Yeah. That's a real, that's, that's, that's the healthiest we've heard someone talk about the podcast, actually. Yes. That was, <laughs> it's a dark time for a lot of people. It was the saddest part is for the first two months, I thought it was awesome. Like I was like, cause there was a little bit of like, I don't know, you're a comic, right? There's a fuck, there's a pressure, man. You gotta be out there writing, doing shit. It's fun as hell, but there's also like, sometimes it feels like it's right, like a pressure on you to do shit. So the first like month before the seriousness of it kind of set in, there was kind of a nice idea to like, not only do I not have to do anything, I have like a once in a century pass to not do anything. Like no one's, zero people will judge. I literally legally can't do that right now. So I just was like, you know, I did a couple of Zoom shows, which I thought were bad. I didn't have fun doing it. Just was like bombing yeah. into a laptop. And I was like, this seems not fun. So I just did a lot of podcasts with people. And that's kind of how I was doing comedy. But uh, that's it kind of felt nice to chill out for a little bit at first. Yeah, uh, really. Man, I tell you what, that's a real goddamn healthy way to look at it. So good for you. Yeah. I talked to a buddy and it was not even related to comedy. And it was like, man, how many times throughout our lives have we heard other people in our family, everyone just say, man, if I just had a little bit more time, if I just had time. Right. You're right. We were given that. All the time Not in the world. that moment. You had, you had so much time. Yeah. And then you realize, what would you do with more time? Yeah. You'd jerk off and watch an app. You would never do those things that you said you're going to do. You're not going to do it. You, you had all the time That's in the world time. and you never, and you didn't do your goals. So just, but it's also the worst time. You had all the time in the world and you couldn't do anything. You know, I had those moments in December yeah. where you're like yeah. on the weekend where it just feels worse than the weekday where you're like, what the fuck do I do? You're just like, I'm like, okay, yeah. it's 2 PM. I'm already drunk. How do I kill eight more hours until I'm asleep? Like that like peak quarantine sad, you know? Yeah, I saw a lot of 5 a.m.s during quarantine. There's no doubt about it. Oh, no. Yeah, uh, what, what the fuck well, was that, time? Yeah, it was, it was a weird thing, and it was not yeah. something that I, I didn't, there's parts of it I really didn't enjoy. Again, some good stuff. Like you said, you had a positive spin, but, but good for you. And, and was, a, was the Chicago experience, how, was that really different from being in North Carolina? Man, that was actually Did you notice any differences? Because, because, well, yeah, well, first off, I was there yeah. through part of the winter. So it was negative 50 degrees. COVID, everything shut down. So it just feels like you're in like a nuclear winter. You're like, don't go outside. Everyone's wearing a mask. The, the weather and the, the germs will kill you. Like it literally felt like a dystopian hell. Like it was just like, you know, I was going through a breakup at towards the end of it. So it was just sort of just me, negative 50 degrees in a bunker alone. And I was just, it, was, it felt like I survived like a, a bomb or something, you know. So uh, North Carolina, much, yeah, much better. And heartbroken. Yeah, yeah. So North Carolina, much better. You're yeah, like, right. well, at least it's nice outside. You're like, sure, I can walk outside. That's nice. You go to a park. Winter yeah. in Chicago, it's like, I, I literally, fuck if everything was open. I'm not going out there anyway. I'll freeze to death. I get fucking frostbite. I got to wear a mask to like protect your face. Like, literally. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so, so something we've learned is that if there's ever going to be a you know an apocalypse, go south. Go, go south. Warm weather. Florida's right, man. Yeah, chill. At least chill outside. That. You know, but we're coming out on the other side. I'm a, I'm a kind of a relatively positive kind of spin guy. So we're getting back into oh, yeah. it. Obviously, you're the George now. And I, I like to kind of dive in a little bit to to your specific, your style. Like, I think you're a pretty smart guy. I think you, you write yeah, about as good as I've ever seen. And uh, how would you describe your, your style of comedy? Is that something you think uh, about? Yeah, sure. Yeah, uh, it's something that I, I don't know. I feel like it's changed a lot as I've gotten older. I feel like, I don't know, probably like angry observational. Like, I feel like kind of just like, what if your, your you know, funniest uncle was going through his worst divorce kind of type thing. And, but also, you know, just like, you know, I try, I'm I pretty joke based. Like, I definitely write a lot and like that. So, but yeah, that probably, probably, I would, I would sum it up as like, like that, like sort of observational, but more things I'm like frustrated and confused by. Yeah. And you are you're you're a joke writer for sure. Not to say that there's yeah. not any kind of linear sort of story that you're telling, but you are a joke writer. I mean that that, that I'm not wrong in saying that. No, for writing. sure. Yeah, right. Um, uh, that's pretty great. Where do you where do you pull from? I mean, those are always just stupid questions. But I mean, is this no? 
everyday stuff, personal life experiences. Do you lean more into that? Yeah, I think uh, I pull a lot from my personal life um, just because, I don't know, I feel like that's where the emotions are at. That's stuff I think about. So just things that, you know, upset me in relationships, like my family's kind of crazy. I talk about that. You know, just crazy things have happened to me. You know, you get into a car accident, you do um, just like, yeah, kind of just that, like sort of frustrations through everyday life. And then also like my, my, my past life. Cause I got a lot of like crazy stories and stuff. You know, when I see you on stage, man, I, I just, you are, you're a tall guy anyway, but like you are a very powerful like presence on stage. Is that a design? Is that, a, is that an embellishment of who you are? Are you doing a character? Is that just kind of... I mean, it sounds like, so much better than what it is. Like, you're like, you're a powerful presence on stage. And just imagine me, like, talking about anal at a bar show. And I'm like, I don't know if, if I was powerful, I'd feel like I would just be a programmer. So I, if I was powerful, I'd have the self-esteem to stay home and not demand mouth hugs from audience members. But, yeah, I don't know. I think, you know, it's funny. I never thought of myself as someone with a lot of confidence. I, I'm a very nervous person, and I'm mm. pretty meek in a lot of points in my life but i don't know i'm, I'm pretty high strung i have a lot of energy so mm-hmm. i think maybe that's kind of what that comes through so you know i feel like on stage you're definitely you're performing so you're definitely trying to be like 150 percent yourself yeah so i feel like stage is sort of like you know for a lot of comedians it's sort of like the stuff you can't say in real life you just let it go there so i feel like maybe that's yeah. what you would say like yeah i definitely you know i got a lot of energy to me a lot of thoughts and i've been, I've been doing stand-up a while so i, I do think maybe that you know, maybe that comes off as like a confidence on stage or something. I think so. I mean, and I think the, the, the confidence is because you know what you're doing. You, you, right. you're, you're confident what you're talking about and you're confident that the, the humor is good. And that is, uh, isn't that the, the cardinal rule is like, you know, oh, yeah. do whatever you want, as long as that, that's funny. And one of the things I always kind of use this quote uh, for this next part. And I think this really does sort of apply to you where Chappelle said, I challenge comics to speak recklessly. And there's a lot of interpretation uh, of that. But is that something that you think about? I and mean, you work edgier. You, t- you, you talk about some, like you said, you mentioned anal at a, and a, you know, getting anal or You're right, getting, yeah. Uh, hey, right. wait. <laughs> wait a second. That actually wasn't on purpose. But is that yeah. something you think about, man? Is there, is there topics that you really want to go after? Or is it just more, it just happens to be sometimes that? Probably both, right? Like, I think it just happens to be, but it also, like, yeah, that, like, if I could just be like a corporate clean comedian and have like murderous bits about napkins, I would be that. You know, it's, it's a smarter financial move. It's better for my family, better for me. Just, but like, that's just, these are the things I find funny, unfortunately. So this is what I talk about. But also, I think that there's a lot of darker stuff. Like my dad is mental health issues. I talk about that on stage. I talk about, you know, I don't know, you know, like drug stuff on stage. I talk about like, you know, I think a lot of my jokes, they have like a, a very blunt personal honesty to them. And I, yeah. I, th- I really like stuff that somebody went through that makes somebody else kind of feel better. You know, like you ever been watch, you watch a joke about a breakup or something and you and you, you really laugh and it's a different type of laugh. It's like a gut laugh, you know, because it really yeah, hits yeah. you. I really like that comedy. I kind of strive to make that kind of comedy. So I don't know if that's talk recklessly as much, but I, I, I really like kind of humor that, that gets that sort of gut laugh. Like it's almost like I shouldn't yeah. be laughing at this or like I went through that and that dude like hit that on the nail, you know? Right. And uh, cause that's that like, true. I don't know that fucking, I it, like even from a comedian standpoint, like I have a joke about like not affording therapy and that ma- in that moment that made me feel better when I thought of that joke. It makes, I feel like that's the magic of comedy life's a fucking hellscape and you're like well that makes you feel better like you know like it makes you it makes it okay it makes you you know for that moment everything's fine you know and that's i it's like you know kind of a kind of a just a, a great concert absolutely man yeah if you know if you don't laugh at it you're gonna cry right so it's like right. that kind of thing so that's a, and yeah. for one of the you know younger comics newer comics who who listen to this that's the if you're out there telling you know jokes about anal or whatever and you don't have what you just talked about Kenyon right there like that's some of the issue I have when people want to be oh I'm going to be the the edgy comic and do this and that it's like that in itself I mean we've all seen 
you know, new guys so come out and off. do that kind of thing. Yeah. It's just garbage. Yeah. Whereas you can do something that's, that is, might be construed as dirty, but it's coming from the place you just described right there is all the difference in the world. And that's not to say you're just out there doing, you know, dick jokes. Like, you, you right, know, yeah. Really yeah. <laughs> what to reiterate, there's a lot of other stuff going on. Probably just about <laughs> five minutes of that. There's a, we, yeah, it's not yeah, all I am. Uh, there, there is right. too much for me to do certain rooms, but still, there's a lot of other material there. <laughs> But yeah, it's true. Uh, for sure. Yeah, no, I true. think I think in terms of that kind of writing, it should be sort of like you should almost be like, fuck, I like, I don't know. But I ha- I just had this thought. This just happened to me as opposed to like, you know, I think a lot of times the new, newer people do that. It's because it's kind of lazy because it's easy to get a laugh just talking about like jerking off because that's inherently kind of funny or taboo. It gets reaction as opposed to talking about like going to Target or something. Right. So, um, but exactly. I do think if, Hey, a, a funny, creative, honest take on anything, I don't, I don't care what it is. is always great. So yeah, I was going to ask, right. Is there anything that you avoid? Cause this is like, you know, a topic of conversation, a lot of, you know, when, you know, when can you joke about something? Is there anything that you just pull back from and for any particular reason, anything you just avoid? Huh. Anything I just avoid? Not really. Um, I'm not like a, like an, I'm not seeking out trying to offend anybody or be an edge lord or anything like that. Like the goal for me is always to be as funny as possible, to write comedy I would want to watch, and just make sure everyone has a good time. But I think you know, not even just for me, but just in general, like if someone has a really funny, good, honest take about anything, I think it should be allowed to be said because sometimes like. You know, let's say, you know, there's some, you know, like Tignatara did a special about like cancer, right? And she was going through cancer. Some people would be mm-hmm. like, well, that's too horrible to even joke about. And I feel like sometimes when people saying that, they're almost mm-hmm. shutting the door and being like, that part of life is so bad. There's no redeeming factor. That's just miserable. And it's like almost like it's like admitting defeat, I feel like. So it's like, you know, let's say someone like they do have cancer. They want to joke about it. I feel like that would help people going through that. So it's not like. Yeah, I, I definitely understand. I think bad jokes about very awful things, you know, what you, you, the thing is you suffer the consequences when you're saying them, right? So if some people get, if you bomb or people get offended, I feel like there's almost like democracy in that, right? So it's like, I don't know if I really, like there's been nothing in my notebook where it's like, I don't want to touch that. But it's like, if I thought yeah. of a really funny, really funny joke about a thing, you know, like I have a, you know, I had a bit about mass shootings or stuff, but I didn't think it was more whimsical. It wasn't like, like sitting out there, but that's also, I've been doing comedy for a little while. Like, I, th- I think you should probably get good at writing jokes before you try like kind of master level jokes. Not to say that I do, but like, th- that's definitely not no, I, level I one, you know, like maybe, yeah. maybe write a joke about your cat before you do the Holocaust, you know, <laughs> that's, there's that whole napkins. <laughs> Yeah, do the somebody, na- do write so. the napkins joke. Write the nap. Do it. Have like a ten on the napkins, and then we'll talk. We'll, we'll tackle cancer. Okay. <laughs> <You know? laughs> awesome, man. Well, uh, in, in terms of so we're touching on philosophy. I mean, what's what is your what's your writing style, man? Do you sit do you sit down. You at you at a blank page. Do you type? Do you handwrite? What do you do? So I think every bit that I do on stage that is that it is good. That it's been part of the act for me, came up in first in like conversation. Like I was joking around with somebody. I was talking to somebody. I said something and then people laughed either. And then in my head, I'm like, that's fine. Okay. I'm going to write that down. And then like, you get a bunch of those. And then I sit down later and I kind of be like, okay, where do we go with this? Let's bring this out. Let's flesh that out. Let's think about that. Let's try the bit. You try it a couple times. Maybe I try it this way. Maybe you do this as you're doing the bit. Sometimes you just think of a tag while you're up there. You have the tag, you evolve it. So I feel like I don't know. A lot of, I mean, I definitely have sat down at the blank page before, but I feel like most of my stuff, I just kind of get like the premises at least just from talking to people, just living life. And then I kind of work the meat of it out later and add tags. And sometimes I, you know, improvise on stage or something if you're kind of in the moment feeling it. So, you know, just a combo of both really of the on stage and sitting down and writing. But I, you know, I think both are very important. Yeah. So, uh, again, something we've talked about before, like, so I'll like text myself, like, Hey, for later, kind of, is that, that and you're like, yeah, uh, you got to provide a lot of context though. Cause sometimes you just be like, 
weed pickle. And you're like, what the fuck was I thinking? You know, and, and you got to You got to really con- I mean, I have some premises where you're like, this is just a, not even a says four words that make no sense. It's like a weird. Riddle. Three. Yeah. Eight, yeah. Two, All right. So. Yeah. So you got to provide the context and kind of work that out. And I, you know, that's kind of the art sometimes. It's like, OK, why yeah. was that funny in conversation? How can I make that funny to random people? Because I, I, you know, I heard Chris Rock say that before. That sometimes it's not the punchline that's super hard; it's the setup. And that, like, you might have a funny idea or a funny point, but it's really hard to get people to understand where you're coming from and how you like mm-hmm. had that thought, sort of. So yeah, yeah. Sometimes yeah, right. that's that is hard because sometimes I've had a thing that I've run by people and think it's funny, but it's like it doesn't work because sometimes like the way you're introing that is not yeah. good enough. So the, the accessibility, right? So accessibility, I think you're right, lives in the premise, lives in your setup to what you're talking about. Like, right. Like yeah. you said, you know, if it's weed pick, it's like, <laughs> what are we doing? What, yeah. What are we talking about? So get, getting into it in the right way. That's really smart, man. I haven't really heard many people talk about how they introduce a joke in that premise. I think sometimes that is the hardest part. And that's, yeah, because uh, yeah, sometimes it's like, oh, that's a funny line. That's a funny thing. But sometimes it's like, how, where does that fit in in the set? Or do I bring that up? You know? Yeah, I think uh, in developing sets, I think that's that's oftentimes where, how do you get into this? And where, and where does it go? Where is right. it coming from? Where does it go next? It's something I think that people, especially non-comics, really don't, under, wouldn't understand exactly what we're talking about right now. But I think you're right. How many jokes have you sort of rewritten where you're like, if I say it differently at the top, maybe that just becomes a better joke. Cause like you said, people understand it better. Um, I don't have a specific example, but that's, that's pretty smart. It's pretty funny stuff. I think now is a good time for a break. I want to remind everybody again that uh, Ken, Kenyon, a damn chick, he performs uh, and the Good Sinner, Bad Saint tour. He's going to be right here in Atlanta, July 15th through 18th, I think. Yep, I'm going to be at the, the Laughing Skull on... Uh, oh, this will be at the 15th. It, yeah, if you're uh, listening to it. If you're 15th, listening, I will be at the Laughing Skull tonight at 8 p.m. <laughs> God damn it. So stop this podcast. Go over there. <laughs> it's exactly right. Yeah, so then... Yeah. Where, where else are you going to be in Atlanta? Uh, the next day I'm going to be at the Pagoda at Kenyon Common. I'll be at a ballroom that I am very professionally forgot the name of. Pagoda at Kenyon Comedy on Instagram. <laughs> Go to the website. Check my, check my dates. I will be at a ballroom in Atlanta that next day. That you got to do some work on your end and fine. All right. I can't just fucking dole out the answers here. All right. <laughs> it's only fair. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Jesus Christ. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah, do a little work. Look up and go to KenyonAdamchick.com. Yeah, yeah. uh, All right, that's his website. And uh, we're going to talk more. We'll be right back. At Ortho Carolina, my personalized orthopedic care feels like home because video visits bring my provider to me. Ortho Carolina, my care, my way. Schedule your appointment today at orthocarolina.com. Get ready. Broadway is returning to Charlotte. Blumenthal Performing Arts has an incredible selection of upcoming hits, including the returns of Hamilton and Wicked, plus the long-awaited Charlotte debut of Disney's Frozen and many more fan-favorite musicals and plays. Season tickets are on sale now at blumenthalarts.org slash Broadway. Wash your hands, avoid sick people, and touching your face. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Visit cdc.gov COVID-19. Brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. At Ortho Carolina, my personalized orthopedic care doesn't have to wait because after hours, urgent care knows accidents happen. Ortho Carolina, my care, my way. Schedule your appointment today at orthocarolina.com. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, we're having a great conversation uh, talking with the super talented Kenyon Adamchik. Um, and what have we learned so far? Kenyon wants you to do your homework when you want to come see his shows. Move south in an apocalypse and uh, Kenyon's single, I think, right? <laughs> I am. Yep. Those are all three. Those are three true things right there. <laughs> all right. So that's good stuff. We learned a little bit on the podcast. And speaking of podcasts, because uh, I do have more sort of comedy questions too. Uh, you have a podcast called Fuck You, Dad. And right. interesting title. Uh, tell us a little <laughs> bit about that. Like, what? Why did, so, where'd that come from? 
So it's me and my another comic, very funny guy, Nick Cartwright, also started in North Carolina. He lives in Chicago now. A, we thought it was a funny idea for a podcast, but it was mainly Nick's dad. He's British. He's a funny guy. He was always getting mad at him. My dad, he's like a super interesting character. He's got he's a little, he's got, he's like, uh, you know, like kind of a little bipolar. He's like, he was an anarchist. He's like kind of fucking wild. So we just have these crazy <laughs> stories about our dad. And so we, we did, a, we told a lot of those on the podcast. And then we've also, we bring, again, we had Mark Norman on. We've had Kurt Braunhaler on. We bring in guests. They talk about whatever. It doesn't have to necessarily even be negative, but like funny dad stories. And so we just riff around and do that. And uh, that's kind of how we thought of the podcast. Just any story. We're like, fuck you, dad. You know what I mean? Just like that. This uh, it seems like an uh, like unlimited amount of, you know, takes on that, right? I mean, how, how right. often yeah, does yeah, it yeah. sort of have that, uh, that story? Whether they're around or not. I have a great dad, but I talk about my dad on stage like all the time. You know what I mean? Nobody's perfect. Like, so good or bad. I mean, I think. Absolutely. There's so there's a wealth Absolutely. of yeah, every everyone uh, sucks at parenting on some level, I think. So it's like fun, you know. There's stories there, yeah. you know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So that's cool. So that comes out as a weekly thing, or like bi-weekly? It's a weekly podcast. A weekly podcast. Uh, we were doing, um, you know, in person. The pandemic happened. Me and Nick were different places, so we were recording much how we are now remotely. But now yeah. we uh, record in a studio at a comedy club called the Lincoln Lodge in Chicago. Very great place here in Chicago. Check it out. And, um, yeah, so that's how, that's how we do it. And, um, we got podcasts every week on every, everywhere you can find podcasts. We got clips on YouTube, just a lot of great content and some, some famous guests. So. Dude, that's fantastic, man. You had, I mean, having Mark Norman on and these guys, that's great, man. You're, you're, you're doing something right. Having those. So, so you started it during the pandemic. I think you said that earlier, right? It was like, right, right was before the pandemic. It, oh, it oh, wasn't it was that was okay. right before. So we had recorded maybe like five episodes and then Nick kind of was building almost a little studio in his apartment. And then we were just like, well, we want to keep this going. So honestly, it was kind of like a fun that was kind of my creativity during COVID was like, I don't have a crowd, but we're going to, I'm going to jump on. I'll make him laugh. He'll make me laugh. And like, we're being funny. And I always felt like sometimes I, that's why I think a lot of people love podcasts is because on stage, it takes years for you to learn how to be comfortable as yourself in front of people. That literally takes some five to fucking 10 years, right? Podcast, someone's yeah, right. just handing you a mic, you sit on your couch. So it's like, if you can't be comfortable and funny on your couch, just quit. You know what I mean? So it's like, that's, right. I, that's why I think sometimes it's almost better maybe for beginner comedians, maybe because you could be yeah. like, like when people, like one of the reasons I started comedy was like, people are like, we're joking around with your friends. People are like this, we should record this. This should be something. In a podcast, yeah. it's like, you can just fucking do that. You could just <laughs> joke around with your friends and record it. It's not that like, you're not, not, no, no one needs to break out a camera. There's not a set, like have beers with your buddies and hold the thing. And that's the thing. So that's why I always thought it was like super, like a great format. I had another one called see you in help where we reviewed like bad self-help and put out our daily lives. And, um, I just, I, I love podcasting, man. Like, like right now, I think it's a super fun format for comedians. And sometimes even work, I've come up with material on podcasts, you know, like you're loose, you're in with somebody and you're like, Oh shit, there's an idea. Like it kind of I, I think it's a it's a very casual way to uh like form of entertainment. I think people really like that, you know. Yeah, and and Brian, I'll tell you, there's so many podcasts on so a variety of different sort of topics. Like and you're talking about getting bits, like I, I have a new bit about living in a house for eleven years and then it gets taken away from me. So that's gonna be a really fun sad bit. Yeah, it's gonna be a hilarious hilarious bit. <laughs> Yeah, about you, about how you. I can't wait to see you do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's no, just watching from outside the club yeah. with like a, a bandana tied around a stick or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you have any goals for the podcast? I mean, I, I think it's also a skill. Like, I think I'm I'm a different uh, sort of person on this podcast now than I was, you know, a couple of years ago when we started it. Um, I think certainly think I've developed some some interviewing skills. Is that something that that you think about consciously on there? I mean, where you want it to go? You know, I think like a lot of comics, the way you want it to go is obviously, I mean, I don't know about obviously, but a lot of comics, they want it to be big enough so that they can get a Patreon and just sort of support themselves or have another supplemental income. Because as we know, comedy's hard. Stand-up comedy, yeah. what we love, but it's hard. It's very hard to make a living at. There's a lot of things you got to do. So for me, it just feels like more irons in the fire. It's like, okay, let's say you make X amount of money from the Patreon and the podcast and make this amount of money from shows on the road and merch and uh, maybe like in a commercial here and there. So I think obviously like 
best goal for it would be to be large enough that we could have a Patreon and like tour off and have a fan base, you know? Um, I think yeah, that's right. a cool thing with the internet is maybe the lessening of like gatekeepers. So it's not like I need to impress this executive. It's like, I just need to market myself enough to find my hundred thousand people. They really like yeah. me and what I do. And let's just go hang out. And then we set up shows and kind of build the fan base from there. So in a way it's like a really cool time to do comedy yeah. because you can like, you know, you have the network deal. You have, you can put stuff yeah. on YouTube. You can make a podcast. You can do all that shit. And then if you get it out to enough people to be like, Oh, this is good. I want to go see that, you know? Yeah. yeah, yeah, no, I think you're, man, you come from a really, really, uh, I'll call it an academic uh, perspective on all this stuff, man. Uh, you definitely have been doing doing comedy for a while. And it does make me wonder um, that I, I mentioned, so you started doing comedy in, in high school. I'd like to find out people's uh, uh, origin stories, right? So, right, you know, you're building this impressive career as a, as a young guy. Tell me, how'd you get into it What and why? So I always loved comedy. Like it was at whatever phase I went through. I mean, it sounds kind of cliche. I just loved it. It, it like I blew me away when I like what I was listening to Jim Gaffigan. He was just like, I just really loved the idea of someone like articulating things that I don't know, frustrated, confused me that I thought about better than I could. And it made me laugh and it was awesome. So I was just, I was very obsessed with it. I loved it. And also, you know, I, you know, I got to help. I was never good at school, wasn't great at sports, but I was like funny. I was funny in my group of friends. I always kind of felt like that was like my thing. That might've been like my skill. So as I got older and older, I kind of had this idea in the back of my head. I'm like, I think I want to be a comedian. Like I, that's kind of the only thing that even remotely sparked interest in me. But I knew it was like a very insane, hard thing to do. Yeah. You know, it was like, as we got older, someone being like, I want to join the circus and then legitimately doing that, you know? Well, you know, I, yeah, I, I don't know. I didn't, I was, uh, I was, you know, had a kind of dysfunctional family. I was very bad in school. So it wasn't like I was leaving this like great opportunity. It kind of felt like things were going well. And I'm like, let's do comedy. Like I was like, let's, so I was yeah. just looking at the community college brochure and I'm like, I'm just trying to pick the least shitty thing to do. And I'm like, let's just try to do this. So how I actually yeah. started was what, what really sparked me weirdly enough was I, so I was, you know, I was 16. I was kind of, I was like kind of a degenerate. I was doing a bunch of drugs with my friends. And I kind of cleaned my act up a little bit. I went with my friend to an atheist church, which sounds very strange and annoying and like a cult. But basically, it's a, it was a community center of a bunch of, you know, whatever, whoever you would imagine an atheist church. So just a bunch of white dudes who want to suck their own dick about how they, they don't believe in Jesus. And, but what they wanted to do was like, oh, they want the more, they want like kind of, you know, the good parts of church and that like people are kind of giving you life advice. And I went there and there was a thing about goals. And it's like, what's a goal you have? And in my head, I'm like, I want to do stand up. And then it was like, all right, here's, and there was like a six part way to accomplish this goal. And I was like, set a timeline. Who's going to help you do it? How are you going to get there? And I sat in a circle with other people. Like, and I was like, I want to do stand up comedy. And I was like, I give myself two weeks to write jokes. My friend's like, I'll help. I'll drive you there. Mm -hmm. And that was like, because I had that in my head. I wanted to do comedy. I was funny. It was like this lingering thing. But that was the moment. It's like, fuck, I'm going to do it. So I sat down, wrote jokes for two weeks, called uh, now Clean Comedy Zone, but at the time it was called Laugh Out Loud. And I was like, I'm, hey, I'm in high school. Is there any way I come through? And they're like, yeah. And then my, my high school buddies drove me with another random person from my high school. I went up first. I was nervous as fuck, didn't talk to the mic properly, my leg was shaking, but every joke I said got like a laugh, even if it wasn't a great, you know, I didn't kill or anything, but it was sort of like, right. no, that's funny. Like, it was like, huh. And I, I felt like, oh, I did it, you know? And so I always went back to high school the next day. I was like, I don't even know if I have time for this. I mean, I'm going to go on tour pretty soon. I was like, I, I can't show up to algebra. I'm a fucking artist, okay? Uh, and so I, I just started... <laughs> I just started like religiously oh, doing stand up, man. Like uh, my other buddy, uh, Sam Prickett, he was also in high school. We met up at Good Nights Comedy Club in Raleigh. We would hit the open mic there. We would drive to all corners of the state. So it was like kind of this really uh, sad version of Hannah Montana, where instead of being famous, you just go from being a C student in high school to uh, bombing at a dive bar uh, two hours away at night. So it was like, it was, it was just this interesting, like, you know, other kids that were hanging out, we'd be like jumping in the car and driving to all parts of the state to perform and get better. And wow. we were not good, but we wanted to be good really bad. So we, we just went up yeah. all the time. I had to wake up at like 530 in the morning to catch the bus. I get home at like midnight and I'd be hanging out with just like divorced dads in the parking lot. So, you know, it was just sort of like, <laughs> it, it was just sort of this weird, like, 
kind of life where it's like, yeah, most of most of my my high school friends are like old comics. Like that's who I was hanging out with in high school. Mm-hmm. I was like, so I, I really by the time I I graduated, I was like, I was already one foot out before any comedy. When I was doing comedy, it was like, I truly, you know, don't care, really. Like, it was almost like that was my social group. That was what I did. I didn't really, I wasn't, like, invested in anything. It was, it was like, I thought of it as, like, like a job, sort of. I was like, oh, I got to be here for eight hours. And I'm going, you know. <laughs> that's, dude, that's absolutely fascinating to me. I just had such a different experience. In, in, I mean, in high school, just in general than that, I'm, I'm kind right. of floored by it. And all those guys you think were, like, old dads were probably, like, 25. Uh, and oh yeah, for <laughs> sure. No, there's a lot of there was a couple old guys. I mean, it was like trucker Alston. There's some old people. There's yeah. some older. There's some. There's some thirty forties heads around. Yeah, but yeah, there, yeah, yeah. But yeah, there was mainly uh, twenty five from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's think there's these older guys. But I'm. This is one of the things that has always fascinated fascinated me about comics is that. I hear guys like Bill Burr and probably Chappelle's not a good example where guys were like, I wasn't good in school. I didn't know shit about school. And yet you hear them in their comedy and they have all these brilliant, succinct philosophies and opinions on very complicated topics. And you're like, doesn't make sense that you say you weren't good at school. You're clearly an intelligent person. And well, you take just that up a with the fucking way, I think. <laughs> Take it up for Wake County Board of Education, buddy. I don't know what to tell you. You got to help back in first grade. If you want to call my teacher and tell him they made a mistake and be like, listen, he was, ri- he was riffing pretty hard on a podcast. So I think you guys did him wrong. He had some, he had a very clever point about open relationships that I think, I think you should give him an A. I think you bump that C up from an A. Okay. <laughs> but uh, no, I, that's a good point. I don't know. I think a lot of comedians do usually little oddball guys. Like they maybe didn't fit in. They might have some like learning disabilities and stuff. I, you know, I actually, so I got help. Like I said, I got help back in first grade. My mom's deaf, right? And she's also, my family's from El Salvador. I was, I was born in San Francisco. Then I moved to North Carolina and they said my reading was low, bad, like in first grade. But later I realized, because therapy or whatever, that is, uh, they're like, no, people that aren't exposed to the English language as much, they're like a little slower. So it's like, yeah, if you talk to your mom in sign language, and then they're like, but he just isn't getting these words. But, you know, they're in fucking Apex, North Carolina. So they're like, he's just dumb, man. I mean, I don't know what else to say. So I, so, so yeah, from fir- first to fifth grade for the reading writing thing, which is, I, I was brought into the special ed room, which was an all, not like a, there wasn't sections, it was an all encompassing special ed room. So they had like nonverbal autistic mm-hmm. people. And then I was sitting there and I was like, is there something wrong with me that someone needs to let me know about? I was just like, does someone, does someone really uh, needs, to let, needs to tell me something here? I was like, I, I don't think, uh, I, guys. But so, yeah, so I, you know. I'm, I'm like so, literally sitting here, to tell, you're telling me that you were bilingual and they were like, he doesn't read real good. So we're going to put him in the classes with people who aren't very good. It's like, he's fucking bilingual. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'll Chapel Elementary. If you guys call him out, cancel him. I don't know what you want to do, but they did me dirty. They did me dirty. So, uh, I, yeah, I, I never, I never thought, uh, yeah, so I never, I never thought of myself as like a smart pro. I was said, so from there, I, I kind of was like, you know, school was, was never, I was also a very lazy person. Like I always looked at school and just sort of like, what's the minimal amount of stuff I got to do to get out of here? <laughs> like, and, uh, I was good at stuff I liked. I was good at stuff I liked, right? Like I liked social studies. I liked English, but like math, I was like, I was just permanently just horrified by how boring it was. Where it's yes. like, this is what you do if you encounter this triangle. And I'm like, well, when's that going to happen? I was like, <laughs> when is that going to happen? And when we walk down the sidewalk and a hypotenuse is going to come slap me in the face, when the fuck is that really happen? So it, it always just sort of like, I, the practicality of it, like, yeah, division, you know, you need to know your basics so that you can do things. But like, totally. we're getting into the other stuff. It's like, like, can, can we do literally anything else? So that's, that's how I felt ninth grade. Can someone teach me how to do taxes? There's no triangles yeah, just, in taxes. Just any, yeah, just anything. Just any, I don't know. Uh, well, that's brilliant, man. So, so you take, so you kind of hit the ground running doing stand up at a very early age. You never, never really stopped. At what point do you say I and I don't know exactly why, but when you went to Chicago, was that was that strictly uh, stand up driven when you did that? That was strictly stand up driven. So I've been doing comedy here for about three years. 
And it was kind of just, we're young, you know, and I just heard like, okay, if you do comedy for a couple of years, maybe you move somewhere else to just get even better. Right. And I was, I've been in New York a couple of times. I was intimidated by New York. I, sure. I kind of thought just pitfalls. I saw myself. I was like, I could see myself becoming frustrated, hitting a wall. And I just thought of the idea of like mm-hmm. developing when like David tells on the show um, was kind of scary. So I moved to Chicago as kind of like a mid step to be like, okay, not that I think North Carolina is a great comedy scene. It's awesome. But, but in Chicago, it's like, oh, I could do three mics a night and not drive. I could go do all the shows. Right. So a bunch of stage time, I kind of just went there to be like, let's get even better. And then moved to New York was sort of the, the move that yeah. uh, a couple of us did from North Carolina. So yeah, it was stand-up driven. It was just to do stand-up and get better at stand-up. And so right. my life was right. very much dictated. You know, I've worked a series of jobs, warehouse, wait tables, call center, and I work a startup. But yeah, it's kind of, you know, it, that was always like, it's been the leading force in my life for sure. Well, what would you say? And this is, again, this is one of those bullshit questions, but I mean, as far as a career goal with this, I mean, do you have a specific point? I mean, is there a baseline of what your goal will be with stand up? Are, are oh, you like, you, okay. Like, are you saying like, what's like the, what's something where if I do it, I'm like, I've succeeded. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like, what's the pie in the sky? And then what's the, I've succeeded. If I can at least do this, you know, give you a range as opposed to saying, ah, I, okay. I want to, on my own TV show or like, like right. what's the, okay. So where do you pie in the sky, obviously I want the grand special. You want to be headlining clubs everywhere. You want to be on the road. You want that to be your life. You want to be like a household name. You want to be like, when people think of comedy, your name is down there as someone right. did. So that's pie in the sky. That's the grand goal, right? Lowest goal is I just want to make a living doing comedy. Like I, I don't care if I pull it off when I'm about to die, when they're like, Hey, someone donated this amount to your Patreon. I'll smile on the fucking machine or whatever. <laughs> but like, you know, if I could listen, if I could just scrape 20 to $25,000 a year doing whatever, like just doing this. Cause you know, I, I don't know. It's one of those things where it's like, if you're good at something and you feel fulfilled while you're doing it, you kind of want to spend your time doing that. And you're like, you know, I like I said, I work these jobs. No one's ever come up to me and been like, Kenyon, that data entry you did, that was fucking amazing, man. That clerical data, the way you just moved that box at this packaging center, like that was genius, bro. Like, no, those are like whatever soulless jobs that anybody could do that you do because you, you don't want to end up like this guy on the street, right? And so yeah. it's just like, I, I would love to be like recognized and make money at a thing I spent all my fucking time doing and thinking about. Yeah. And, and, uh, you know, just like, you know, you're very funny and talented. It's like, that's what you know, we want to do. It's like, I spend my time doing this. I spend my time yeah. thinking about this. And, um, but it's also just so much fun that like, I don't really know if I could quit really, you know, even yeah, if, right. even if it is objectively for the best, it'd probably be one of those things where it's like, well, what else am I going to do? You go to trivia yeah. night, you go to karaoke and get drunk. I've seen all the TV yeah. shows. It's like, it's like, you know, it's the most fun thing you could do on a night. I'm going to go entertain these group of people with thoughts, things I thought of and make them laugh and have a good time. So yeah. When they say it's a gift, it's for, it's for that very reason. I think right there. Yeah. yeah I'm going to go make people laugh for things that I thought of and I'm going to put words in an order. That are it's crazy. Hopefully it's uh, clever and they, you know, walk out feeling better than they did when they got here kind of thing. Have you ever thought about uh, getting into the game of uh, writing and screenplays and sitcoms? Have you dipped your toe into that at all? I've never really seriously written a pilot or spec script, to be like 100% honest, Mm -hmm. but I've written like sketches. I have some, I have an idea for a TV show that I would, I would like to write out and pitch one day. I think that's very cool. But primarily in my head, I've always kind of thought of myself as like stand up. Now, the podcasting is a thing. I kind of see that as more the avenue than yeah. specifically. Like, I've, I've done very, very small level acting stuff, like backward stuff, and acting yeah. in, like, my own sketches and other people's sketches. But it's, like, it's not something I've spent a lot of time doing, so it's almost not like I've, like, considered that career path as much. Yeah, so I'm probably more stand-up podcasting based that's great and uh just as a comic guy this is always sort of a fun part of the show where i ask people what they have uh any pet peeves uh about stand-up comedy oh and um, comedy but, oh, dude. yeah like, <laughs> we're just here for another three and a half hours <laughs> we're just here till, the, here till midnight yeah i got a lot of pet, i mean <laughs> uh, what irks you out there i just hate like when i mean it's it's going to almost sound cliche to say. I mean, I just hate really unoriginal, bad comedy that people know other people have said. Where it's not even, I'm not going to call it stealing a joke because it's like you're just repeating like a clip. Like, you know, like there was that joke that like they said Carlos Mencia stole or whatever where he's like, 
they're going to build a wall. Well, who's going to build it? You know what I mean? Like that joke. I've heard uh, like a thousand comedians right. say that joke, which is already a hacky, shitty joke. Say that joke. So it's like right. I've heard like there's like, you know, just whatever tariff, like stuff that your uncle would say at a barbecue and you'd go, oh, this is why I don't talk to you. Like I hate when people do that, on stage. <laughs> and 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 I really hate when it's like, can you just think, of, you know, just think about a thing for five more seconds, you know? Right. I hate whenever someone does. <laughs> think about like, a thing for five more seconds is one of the greatest things anyone said on this podcast. Think about it longer. Just, just, just little- give it, give it a thought. Give it a look over. You know, I I hate when people do obvious street jokes on set. Like, there are some hilarious yeah. street jokes out there. They're for the fucking street if you didn't think of them, you know? I mean, yeah. like, there's some people I've seen on some sometimes rural areas. They're telling, I'm like, I have heard that joke before. That's not your joke. Yeah. That's, like, from a book. That's not your thing. Not very common in, like, the younger comic circles, but it's it's definitely, like, a thing that happens. The lack of integrity of that is really hard to, to handle. Like, to take the serious side of it is, is like, how are you going to do this knowing that we all know, you know? So many of us know we've heard these jokes before. Like, that lack of integrity, that plagiarism is... is that, that's more than a pet peeve. Right. But yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, that, that really irks me. Yeah, I always say, I, I do stupid ones like when someone says, what else? If you're on stage and I'm listening yeah. to you and you say, ah, what else? I, it just it drives me up a wall, man. Yeah, you had yet. You knew you were going to do this. Right. What do you mean, what else? You asking me? It, you know, no, no, one, no one is doing an hour or saying that, right? It's always like five minutes or something. It's like, what do you mean, what else? Like, what, you weren't prepared for five fucking minutes? Yeah, you should know what's next. What else? You have, yeah. a, you have a notebook. I've seen you with a notebook. Yeah. What else? What, what else? else? You should fucking go back to community college. That's what else. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I could talk to you for like three hours, man. So, so <laughs> okay. we got to come back on the show. We, we, we got to yeah, have me back. I'd love to do it, man. Yeah. Fun, man. Fun time. After uh, maybe you guys, after you guys finish up your tour and uh, you know, you, 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 some, I don't know. We'll just have you on in a couple of weeks. I don't care if you've been on next week. We'll have you on next week. Before we go, is there anybody that uh, uh, you mentioned, uh, Nick, uh, who's on your podcast? Any other comics out there maybe who are a little under the radar that we should be keeping an eye out for? Yeah, Nick Cartwright. Check uh, at Nick Cartwright Comedy on Instagram. He's funny. He's a co-host of my podcast. He's an underrated dude that for sure should get some attention. Other people, Jeremy Alder. And I don't know if you've had him yeah. on. He's on a tour with right now. It's hilarious. Okay. Clever guy, check him out at Jeremy Alder Comedy on Instagram. My friend Maddie Weiner, she's—I wouldn't say she's underrated by any means, but she's also super hilarious. We're going to have Maddie on. I haven't officially asked her, but we're—that she's been on the yeah. list uh, for a while. Yeah, so she's she she will be famous soon, so you could check yeah. out her stuff while it's free on YouTube. So. She's she's uh, hilarious. So uh, all those people yeah. I named are, are great. Yeah. Well, well, we will uh, for all the people listening out there, uh, look into those folks, and uh, they're you know going to be hilarious people. I know that for sure. And so you guys, you have the tour, you have the podcast. Anything else down the road we should be looking for from uh, Kenyon and Amchick? You know, just yeah, check check out my podcast. What's going on there? I will definitely be in more dates. I'll be in. San Francisco at the end of August, but yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely, I'm usually traveling and going different places. Yeah. Um, but it's just, you know, check out, check out, follow my Instagram, follow the podcast and you can really just kind of see it live together awesome. where I'm going. Yeah. Tr- uh, trust me, uh, ladies and gentlemen, that you do not want to miss Kenyon uh, when he's in your city. Check him out now. He's just, the guy's blowing up and he's, and I can't wait to see what you do in the future, man. I can't wait to do okay. a show with you. I don't think we've officially really done a show together since um, that festival like a hundred years ago. I think that's, uh, I think that's literally true. Yeah. It's a tragedy. Yeah. It's a, uh, terrible yeah, yeah. we gotta fix that so i look forward to that uh man it's been a great time brian what do you think buddy you, you uh I, you've probably been distracted all night thinking about your homelessness but what do we <laughs> i have yeah i wasn't freaked out before i'm a little freaked out <laughs> no, so thank you for that appreciate it no it's great i, I i'm i'm happy it's um, it's funny because i think we have a couple mutual facebook friends and so your name kind of keeps randomly popping up in my facebook feed so it's nice to finally okay. get to talk to you and uh, and hang out with you a little bit so that's cool. awesome very cool uh and by the way uh for for everybody listening uh this weekend uh thursday through saturday at the comedy zone of charlotte dl hughley will be there so 
you know, if they're not already sold out, uh, definitely get your tickets. Go to cltcomedyzone.com for a full schedule. Uh, once again, Kenny, thanks so much for coming on the show. Uh, you're fantastic. We'll be looking for you in the future. And for Brian Baltashevitz, I'm Jason Allen King. Stay safe out there, and we'll uh, see you all next week. Thanks, everybody. The Comedy Zone Podcast is a production of Comedy Zone Worldwide and is recorded in a bunker just off the Comedy Zone showroom at the Abbott Exchange Music Factory in Charlotte, North Carolina. The executive producers of the Comedy Zone Podcast are Brian Heffern and Brian Bumpashevitz. Talent Wrangler is Mike Hall. Original music composed and performed by John McKeever. 